0: the love that the Father has for the Son is now beamed down into this world in the person of the Son. We believe in the incarnation, the making of a human body in the womb of Mary, where the Son of God and the Son of Mary became one person, and the life that our Lord Jesus lived was a life of love the love of the Father be being demonstrated through his life. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Golliher. Thank you for joining with us here on the broadcast today. And we turn to The Joy of Being Yoked with Christ. I want to read to you Matthew 11, verse 28 onward. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. What a blessing to be united to the Lord. He is the burden bearer. He is the one that carries us along, and as we put our trust in him, he will not disappoint. want to just unite in prayer with you. Let us pray that we might learn today what it means to be personally in step with the Lord and borne along by his grace. Father in heaven, we come to thee in the name of our Lord Jesus. We thank thee that we have a perfect Savior who invites us to be united to him, yoked together, and that we be not weary in this world. We think of the burdens that many carry O Lord, we know that thou art the burden-lifter and the burden-bearer. I ask today that you will bless your people, encourage hearts, and enable us to go through the rigors of life in the assurance that the Lord is carrying us along. What a difference that makes, and I pray that you'll comfort the bereaved, the sorrowing, and that you will answer the cries of parents who are pleading for their children, that they be saved, that they be born of the Spirit and walk according to the Spirit and not after the flesh. We realize, O Lord, that we can do nothing, that it is only by thy grace and thy power that we can live the Christian life. And so we pray that you will even now prepare hearts to receive the word, and that it will be a word of life and joy, of blessing, even unto salvation. And we ask for your grace and the ministry of your Holy Spirit. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we ask. Amen. So I trust you'll have your Bible open with us here at Matthew 11 as we take a look at this text where the Lord said, Take my yoke upon you. Last week, our text was on looking unto Jesus. Today, we're going to be looking at yoked to the Lord Jesus. Looking is something we might be able to do at a distance and say, Well, uh, I can be a disciple and follow at a little bit of a a distance afar off. But being yoked to the Lord, what a concept. And that we who are but mortal flesh and creatures of this earth can be linked up in such a manner to the eternal Son of God. What a gospel this is. What a mighty principle that we should be so united to the Lord Jesus. Now, these words in our text, and maybe we should read them again just to get them well fixed in our minds. Uh, We're looking at Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30. "'Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest.'" Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. These words should totally do away with the notion that the gospel of the Lord Jesus brings burdens upon people. Rather, the the truth is that our Lord Jesus is the great burden-bearer, and burdens are lifted at Calvary, The Son of God came into the world to bear away the greatest burden that any man, woman, or boy, or girl could have, which is the burden of sin. And by taking that load upon him on the cross, he offers rest to us if we will be united to him or yoked to him, as is described for us right here. The Lord Jesus is not setting out to make us workers, but rather he is the worker. He is the one who has done all the work. Everything that is required for our salvation and eternal life is done. It's done, done, done. We come by faith to enter into the victory, to receive the blessings, and to enjoy all the the grace that is ours in the Lord Jesus. I read of Arabs and Muslim people who are greatly disenfranchised with the Muslim religion because that religion is, as you know, Mohammedanism was birthed out of the sword. It is a religion of cruelty. It is a religion of do or else. There is no tolerance for either infidels or the disobedient. It is do or die. And those who question the Qur'an, well, there is no future, no mercy unto them. And so we have about 1.6 billion people in this world who are locked into a 7th-century burdened religion that will not set them free from the burdens of life. And we see the fruits of this in so many Muslim countries we see the cruelty, the warfare, the constant fighting, and that is no new thing. The history of Islam is a history of fighting and of destroying one another. Um, We are familiar, I suppose, with the crusades and the great battles that there has been between the Muslim world and the Christian world. Much of that is regrettable, Much of that was just mere foolishness and man's pride. Much of it was not the presentation of Christianity that Christ has given. But Muslims today, some of them, are recognizing that they are locked into a system which is bringing an endless torture and endless cruelty to Their lives. And I hear, I get reports, I read of things where there are Muslim people who are learning the gentleness of Christ, the meekness of the Lord Jesus. And this is something we should be praying for. These people who are in a religion that is bringing such fear, torment, and trouble to their hearts. We need to pray that their eyes are opened to know the Son of God who came into this world not to bring burdens, but to lift burdens and to bring rest. Did you notice in the text uh, that it is the offer here, I will give you rest? And it is that rest of soul that I want you to enjoy If you don't have it, you are living under a huge burden, whatever your religion or whatever your philosophy in life. If you do not have the rest that is in the knowing and the enjoyment of the Lord Jesus, you are a very burdened person. And you know, this world is filled with with many, many burdened people. And so, I invite you today to take the yoke, of the Lord Jesus. As I, as I opened it, last week it was all about looking unto Jesus. Today I want us to take this text, this call, to be personally linked to or yoked to the Lord Jesus. Firstly, let me preach the person to whom uh, you're invited to be linked. And I feel I need to preach the person because this is the essence, this is the, the blessedness of Christianity, that we come to one who is gentle, who is meek, who is the personification of divine, pure, holy, gentle love. That's our gracious gospel that we may preach to men. Now, of course, our Lord Jesus is the Son of God, And in him is the fullness of Godhood and deity. What is God? God is love. The Bible tells us that. And so if that is true, and it is true, God being love, we expect his Son to be the revelation of the Father, to be the one who displays the mightiest demonstration of love that this world has ever known. And this is how he has revealed the Father unto us. Now, God the Father and God the Son dwell in a trinity. They dwell in a family, and they love one another with a personal, pure, eternal, unchangeable love. The love that the Father has for the Son is now beamed down into this world in the person of the Son. We believe in the incarnation, the making of a human body in the womb of Mary, where the Son of God and the Son of Mary became one person. And the life that our Lord Jesus lived was a life of love, the love of the Father being demonstrated through his life. Now, our Lord, being the Son of Mary, was no stranger to poverty, no stranger to the problems, the troubles, the domestic cares, and the needs of life. He's also the one who wore the crown of thorns. They platted a crown of thorns upon our Lord the night of his inquiry and (coughs) of his arrest. He wore that crown of thorns through the day of his crucifixion on the cross, And that crown of thorns is emblematic of the love that he bears, the suffering that he endured, and it tells of the tremendous compassion that our Lord Jesus has for his people. And you need to know today that we preach a Christ, a Savior, who is the gentle, the meek, the loving, gracious Savior, and he has borne for us the great burden the curse of sin. He took upon him. and that crushing thorns were just the emblem of the the curse that he received. Thorns speak of the curse, and Christ became a curse for us. And he says it right here in this text, take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and find rest for your souls. And this is true of our Lord Jesus. This is his nature. What a difference from the religions of the world, from the political leaders who aspire to be religious leaders, or vice versa. How cruel, how despotic, how merciless. But our Lord Jesus came into the world to bear the burden in his own life. Remember also that the Lord Jesus told Peter to put up thy sword. It was just a little late. It already inflicted a bit of damage in cutting off an ear, which the Lord healed, by the way. You know the story of how he healed the ear that Peter cut off with the sword. But he said to Peter, put up thy sword. If I was of this world, if my kingdom was of this world, I would fight but my kingdom is not of this world. His kingdom is the kingdom of grace. It's the kingdom of mercy. It's the kingdom of salvation. And the Lord Jesus came in not to start a religion of the sword, but of peace and mercy. And you know the history of the Islamic religion, how Muhammad conquered by the sword ruthlessly— and that is written right into the Scriptures of the Islamic world, and that mentality of conquering by the sword, well, it's plaguing our world today, threatening every nation in the world with that philosophy of the sword. Christ came not to bring a sword, but to bring rest to the souls of men. In his life and ministry, the Lord Jesus displayed the greatest compassion. When he saw the people, the multitudes as without a shepherd, were told that he had compassion on them. Compassion. And the Greek word behind that is that stomach-wrenching concern. When you really pity, it affects you right here. And our Lord Jesus had compassion. He sat down with sinners. He bore the criticism of the Pharisee. He told the story of the prodigal. Oh, what a wonderful, compassionate story. This is our Savior that we're presenting to you today, the one who offers you rest for your troubled soul, who will take the burden of sin and guilt and pour into your heart, not just a vacuum, but infinite love. Would you look with me at Matthew 15, verse 9? Speaking of God being love and Jesus being love, we have this text, Matthew, or sorry, John <coughs> 15 and verse 9. And I want you just to see the impact of this. And if this can be worked in your heart, what a wonderful thing. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. How did the Father love the Son? Infinitely. How did the Father love the Son? Continually. Without measure, God focused on his Son as the object of his love. Now the Lord Jesus says, as the Father loved me, so have I loved you. Can you take that in? You are the focus. You're the object of his love. And he tells us, continue in that love. Abide in it. If you're a Christian, you will abide in it. If you're not saved, you're invited to enjoy it. You are called on to enter into this love that lifts the burden and brings genuine, true rest into your soul. And this now changes the life. The Lord said to his disciples, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, when ye love one another. This love will be translated into your life and into your ministry. And those early apostles, they endured the curse of sin. They went all the way in their love for Christ to preach this gospel to the world. They even led down their lives. Many of the early Christians led down their lives. Why? because the same love of the Savior burned in their hearts. Do you have that burning love of the Savior in you? He says to you, Come, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He invites you to receive this rest within your heart. Now, we come to the people who are invited to take this yoke. These are people who are burdened and heavy-laden. You have, I'm sure, observed the faces of people in public, maybe riding along on a bus or on SkyTrain in a public place, and you just look at the faces of the people, and you can see the burden. You can see the drawn lines of care written upon the face, lives that are broken and troubled by so many, many horrible things. Just go into the waiting rooms of hospitals. Sit for a while and and look around that thronged room and the burden that is upon men and women. In a city like this, how many bottles of tears could be filled every day from the the heartache and and the grief that is filling many souls. On one hand, Vancouver is rated the top city in the world to live, and yet its people are filled with brokenness, troubles, and trials. We see that in the drug world. We see that in the depression rates. What is there, one in eight that live with some form of depression one in forty that live with suicidal tendencies. This is the real world we're living in. And Christ says to troubled men, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There are people who trust in false religion for relief from those burdens, but they only add greater burdens. You see, all religion is based in some form of hope. But when those hopes are dashed and unfulfilled, they only create pent-up greater grief. You can see here in Matthew 11, if you look at verse 9, uh, verse 7 rather, and it says, As they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitudes concerning John, What went ye out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken in the wind, But when want you it for to see a man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in king's houses. You will see that these people were, were filled with expectations, but disappointed, disappointed. And verse 16, but whereunto shall I liken this generation? It is like unto children sitting in the markets and calling unto their fellows and saying, We have piped unto you, and ye have not danced. We have mourned unto you, and ye have not lamented. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he hath a devil. You can see how these people were in a state of great confusion. And is there not that religious confusion in our world today? Ask a man, what do you believe? What do you know about truth? Oh, how they come up empty in their answer to that. Of course, the Jewish nation was waiting for their Messiah. The tragedy for Jews, of course, is that they're still waiting. They do not accept that Christ is the one who is their Messiah. And what an empty, empty world where men do not see the Lord Jesus as the Savior of the world. Today the good news is Christ has come. This man called Jesus is the Son of God, and he is the love of God personified unto me. listening to let the Bible speak the radio broadcast of our Free Presbyterian Church this is Ian Golliher. I want to thank you sincerely for staying right to the end of the program we're coming up now soon with a few announcements just a question or two uh, and I'd like to reiterate the point where uh, the message mentioned today that there is a great difference between the political leaders of this world who tend to be despotic and power mongers, uh, than the ministry of the Lord Jesus, who sat with sinners and had great compassion upon the needy. I want to tell you today about my Savior, who is all-compassionate. He is sent by the Father to redeem, to lift the fallen, to heal the brokenhearted, and to lead you to a right relationship with God, if you will trust Him and put your confidence in the Lord Jesus, He will save your soul. And if I can be of personal help, I will be delighted to uh, open the Scriptures with you. You can give me a phone call, send me an email, and I will seek to answer your questions. I will seek to guide you in the, in the Word of God, how you can personally know the joy of being yoked with Christ, uh, so that you can say that you are saved from sin and you have peace with God. Now, that's something that money cannot buy. The world cannot give it. And praise God, the world cannot take it away. And I bid you today to put your trust in Jesus, the Son of God, to believe the gospel and be saved. This is Ian Golliher, Thank you for joining with us today. Stay tuned now for these closing announcements. Thank you. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca, CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We are on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our Free Presbyterian Church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view our to our online services at 10:30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the home page of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 187- 9058 Avenue, Surrey, B.C., V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on One Eighty Eight Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m.
1: here on the station as we Let the Bible Speak.